Hey folks, this is Jesse Cope, back with another episode of the American Soul Podcast. Hope y'all are doing well, wherever y'all are, and whatever part of the day you're in, I sure do appreciate you joining me, giving me a little bit of your time and energy and effort, so to speak. For those of y'all that continue to share the podcast with others, tell people about it, um, Incredibly grateful for that, for y'all. It's nice to know some of y'all, those of y'all that tell me that come back time after time. At least on my end, it feels like a little bit of community, especially when I get to hear from y'all. So thank you so much. Hopefully y'all get a little out of it. And... Hopefully our country gets a little something that helps our country, even if just a little bit. Homestead, not a lot. Interesting, I was talking to a a man at church that I have a great deal of admiration for his gardening abilities and kind of just homesteading abilities in general. And we were talking about problems with the winter garden and gophers came in and ate up all of his garlic. He said he saw them starting to wilt and he pulled them out and they were just, just little pieces. And I've never had that happen uh, before. That doesn't mean much. There's a lot of things I've never had happen, but it's just interesting. I thought some of y'all that are out there Attempting to garden might be interested by that. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for you, Father, and your Son, Jesus Christ, and your Holy Spirit. Thank you for your love and your mercy, your grace. Thank you for all the blessings that you bestow upon us. The ones we admit and the ones we don't, for whatever reason. Forgive us our sins. Forgive us when we have our priorities out of whack. Guide us, Lord. Be a lamp unto our feet. Show us what you want us to do. Help us to do it. Help us to turn to you more and more in our individual lives and as a nation. Your son's name we pray and guide my words, Father, please. Amen. So we got kind of a, again, this has been the theme so far this year, kind of a compilation. The first thing I wanted to read some notes Our pastor has had, in my opinion, some pretty uh, first-rate sermons the last few weeks. He had one that really stepped on my toes this last weekend, which I guess my father often says that's kind of a 
gauge, a barometer, you can tell how good the sermon was by how uncomfortable it made you feel. <laughs> That's not always the case, but often. Often it is. The The comment that he made this last Sunday, because it's been so true in my life, and I'm sure some of y'all can identify with it. You know, we get into these situations. We get ourselves into these situations. Whatever it is, folks, sometimes it's little things. You know, we, I don't know go and sit and talk to a friend and we open our mouth without stopping and at least shooting a little prayer up to God or sometimes it's a little bit bigger things. You know, we go out and we buy a new car without really talking to God at all about whether that's a good idea or not. Sometimes it's the biggest of things. You know, sometimes we get into a relationship, friendship, or even more importantly, our marriages. And we don't talk to God about whether that's a good idea or not, whether he wants us to. And our pastor said, you know, we get ourselves into these situations. And then after we're in the situation, typically when it's not going very well, then we look at God and we say, hey, God, can you, um, can you help me out here? You kind of show me what needs to be done because uh, this isn't going the way I thought it was going to. And his point, of course, is when we need to turn to God is before we get into the situation, not after we're already in it. Uh, and man, I can, whew, I can't even begin to tell you all how much I identify with that throughout my life. Uh, and, and it's typically the result has been pretty bad. Uh, sometimes spectacularly so, but it, it has very, very rarely, I'd have to sit here and think about it for a minute, worked out when I went my own way. And then after the fact, decided that I needed to talk to God. Uh, and a lot of times I think, folks, if you're resonating with this as well as I think some of you might, the lesson there, right, is to slow down, to kind of be still, to talk to God. And, and if we don't get a real good idea, that's probably God actually telling us, no, this isn't a good idea, at least not right now. So I, I told my father about our pastor's sermon when he made that comment. I said, well, no, now he's just meddling. But at any rate. Uh, just a few more, because uh, he, he just really has had some great sermons recently. He got to talking about weddings um, and a number of other things. One sermon, and these are just some of the notes I took out of his sermon. You know, weddings are important. They're sacred. But we take them far too lightly today to our ruin and shame, both as, as individuals and as a nation. And it, it ties in marriage. There's a reason, the older I get, the more I see it. There's a reason that God made marriage to illustrate the relationship between Jesus Christ and the church. Uh, And one of the things is to be prepared. 
for Jesus coming back because we have no idea. The Bible repeatedly tells us we have no idea when he's going to come back. It's going to be like a thief in the night is one way it's described. And so the, the idea is to be ready and, and live in such a way that prepares us for Jesus Christ coming. Actions, actions. It always goes back to actions, folks. And you can see that relationship in a marriage. You can see the need to, to act that way. You know, are we, are we preparing ourselves each day in our marriage for what our spouse might need that day? And sometimes we know, and it's real obvious, guys, you know, for those of y'all out there, ladies that are listening, guys are pretty simple most of the time, right? Sometimes not, uh, but, but sometimes we, we have an idea of what our spouse needs and sometimes we don't, but the point is, are we ready for whenever they call and say, Hey, I could really use this. I really need this. And of course that indicates the necessary level of communication. But we can show our faith in how we love our spouse in our marriage. And then our pastor asked a couple questions. He said, when, when Jesus Christ comes, will we be prepared? You know, when our spouse comes looking for love, are we ready? Or have we given so much of ourselves to other things throughout the day that all we have left is leftovers. And and pretty poor ones at that. Uh, you know, we've given our time and energy to our phones, to our TVs, to sports, to our children, parents, friends, workouts, hunting or getting ready to hunt, golfing or getting ready to golf, playing video games, reading for hours on end for entertainment, what, whatever it is, folks, whatever your foible is, have we given so much of ourselves to that that we don't have any, any energy left over for our spouse? And then we want to pretend that we, ah, we're just exhausted. Well, and maybe we are in that moment, but it's because we've made really bad choices throughout the day. And we haven't started off with our priorities in the right order. Joshua uh, 24, these were some of the Bible verses. Uh, and this is just one of my favorites. So now revere the Lord. Serve him honestly and faithfully. Put aside the gods that your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates and in Egypt and serve the Lord. But if it seems wrong in your opinion to serve the Lord, then choose today whom you will serve. Choose the gods whom your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you live. But as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. A lot of times, folks, we're, we've been making gods out of these other things, phones, TVs, sports, shopping, friends, 
golfing, hunting, whatever it is, folks, whatever your your particular failing is. Uh, we've done worse than just give our time and energy to them. We've we've made it into something almost godlike in how much time and energy we put into it and how little we put into God and our spouse. Different Sunday. We're just going to kind of make this a talking about my pastor's sermon podcast. I think we've got one quote we might get to by John Quincy Adams. We'll see. But, you know, you talk about community. We had a pastor. Had a couple pastors, really phenomenal pastors, where we lived up in Fort Worth. Uh, among the many stops across the country that we made at different times. <laughs> over the years and one of the things that they said was community, small group. You can come to church all the time you want, but if, if you don't have that real close knit group, especially in bigger churches, if you're living in a big city, wherever you are across the country, and we've experienced that all the way from Virginia to Hawaii at different times, my wife and I have. But when you're in those really big churches, those small groups become even more important so that you don't get lost. But that community is a huge issue, folks. I mean, it's it's so important to be around other believers on a regular basis that you can talk to, that you can lean on, and that they can lean on you. And I had somebody else mention that recently, so I just thought I'd pass that on. Be still, wait on God, pray, and study. Watch for the signs. Head for the hills when you see those signs. Prepare spiritually first. These are all just kind of comments as we were going through this sermon. Seek God first. He'll provide the rest. He'll provide what we need. Sometimes it's not what we want, folks, but it's what we need. I think we often get those two things confused. What we really need versus what we want. When things don't go the way that we wanted or hoped, desperately sometimes, right? You know those things in your life that you just... It was almost crippling how much you wanted or hoped for something. Turn more to God. Read his word a little bit more. Pray a little bit more. That doesn't mean the problem's going to go away, folks. I'm not trying to whitewash problems. I'm not trying to whitewash cancer or uh, being paralyzed or an atrocious marriage or children who are sick, like really sick. I'm not trying to say that if you spend more time in prayer and read your Bible more, that those things are suddenly going to go away at all. But if you need a reservoir of some strength to get through those times, if you need some words of encouragement to get through those times, where else are you really going to turn to consistently find that strength and encouragement other than God.
I know how hard that is, folks. Trust me. And sometimes I don't do it very well. How do we live each day? Do we really know God's word? And if it helps us to draw closer to God, do it. And if not, don't. I liked that comment. I'm paraphrasing there from our pastor, but you know, if it if it makes you closer to God, then then do it. Whatever it is. If it doesn't, then don't. He gave a quote, A.W. Tozer, Towser, I'm not sure how you pronounce that. And I, this is probably a little bit of a paraphrase because I just had to write it down. You know, we've talked about that before. You're in the middle of church, you're in this sermon, and you're scrambling to try and write these things down and still listen to what he's talking about at the same time. But uh, Satan's greatest weapon is men not knowing God's word. And I immediately thought of John Quincy Adams' quote about knowing the Bible in his day. Wasn't, it wasn't so much commendable to know the Bible as it was condemning to be ignorant of it. And, you know, the great thing about the Bible, folks, is you don't have to be a Rhodes Scholar. You don't have to be some classically educated, really super bright individual to get wisdom out of the Bible. You look at the Bible often, God uses these people that were really uneducated, that weren't the smartest and the brightest and the best to go out and execute what he needed done. And I think there's a lot of people out there today that want to try and tell you, well, you need to have read all these books and you need to know about this theory and that theory in order to really uh, get the Bible, and, and if you don't know those things, then then you probably really don't understand, and you're going to have to have somebody uh, somebody tell you about it. And there, there's it's it's good to have people, you know, again this community issue to have others to sit around and talk about the Bible with, but that doesn't mean that you can't read it. That's one of the great things that those generations before us suffered really harshly for. To get us was this Bible that we could look at ourselves to get even closer to God so that we didn't have to have a priest in between us and God and Jesus Christ or some level in between us and God that we could go straight to him, that we could look at his word and read it and get that wisdom out for ourselves. And I can't help but think here and kind of end here with the thought, you know, it goes back to the old Latin, the noblesse noblige or whatever it is that nobility bears or has responsibility. The more that we've been given, the less excuse we have for not being a good steward of what God's given us. If you had great parents, you have a greater responsibility on your shoulders to be a better person than those who didn't, right? If you have a healthy body, you have a greater responsibility on you than others to help society with that strength, right? You get what I'm saying? The more that you've been given. And so 
we have this Bible that so many previous generations, it was locked up. They couldn't get to it. Only the priests could get to it. And they had to depend that those men were honest. And sometimes they weren't. Sometimes they were. But now we, we have God's word right here in a country where you can read it. In a country where you can spend time on it without going to prison or being tortured or enslaved as in many or killed as in many other countries across the world today. And so there is a greater responsibility on our shoulders to actually do it. And being tired, much like loving your spouse, being tired is a pretty sad, pitiful excuse in this country when it comes to strengthening our relationship with God, Jesus Christ. I know because I've used it, folks. It's not worth much. God bless you all and your families, your marriages. God bless America. We'll talk to you all again real soon, folks. Looking forward to it.